the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Today, my message is part three, entitled Before You Vote. I realize many of you have voted already, but it's still good to hear. So stay with us. We'll look at the biblical values. And, and uh, but as you know, we need prayer. So let's pray first. Avinu Malkenu, our father, our king, we love you and adore you and thank you, father. And as There are a lot of emotions going back and forth and people saying things that are are mean-spirited and difficult to even listen to in these last few days before the election. But Lord, we believe that as we trust in you, you will take care of all these things. So Lord, we put our trust in you. We lean on you, Lord. We're asking, Father, for you to take care of all these situations. And Father, even if the people who get in are not the people we wanted, Lord, we are going to trust you. We are going to trust you in all our ways. Father, we pray that you will take care of this country. We pray that you'll take care of Israel as they just had their elections. And so, Father, we're asking, Lord, that uh, as we rely on you, we will see amazing things happen. So, Lord, we bless you, we thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Just want to remind you that uh, we are available to come to your church or your Bible study and speak. Um, So give us a call, email us, let us set it up. Um, also, we wanted to email you the yearly reading schedule called the Parshot. So those are the portions of reading each week. So we can send that to you. Uh, just uh, We'll email it to you, no cost, of course. Just call Karen at 813-831-5673. And she can also send out to you uh, whatever you need, and you can Check our website for uh, times and and uh, locations of how to get to our services. We'd love for you to visit us, and uh, or you could watch us on Facebook Live uh, Friday night seven thirty, Saturday eleven in the morning. All right, and of course, if you'd like to help support us financially, we would be blessed to have that happen as well. Uh, Again, call Karen, 813-831-5673. You know, thinking about politics, 
Our number one challenge, I believe, is to trust in the Lord. (laughs) If we can really trust in the Lord, then we can be able to love the ones who differ with us politically. We could also be able to be patient in discussions. We can try and understand where the other person is coming from. We won't look down on others who think differently than us. We will be humble. We won't say that people aren't believers unless they vote for the party we vote for. So let us trust in the Lord. And I say that, and obviously everybody will say that, and it is a cliche in in that sense, but we have no choice because if we don't trust in the Lord, we're just going to be angry and upset and our stomach is just going to be in knots. So let's take the alternative and just enjoy the ride. God has given us an amazing world that we are to steward. And so let us be active, but let us be part of the solution and not part of the problem. You know, I had read this book, Before You Vote, by David Platt, a pastor in Washington, D.C. He offered up thoughts to consider before voting. I've revised them a little, but Here are a few of them. The most important decision we can make is yield to our hearts to Yeshua, placing all our trust, allegiance, loyalty, and hope in him alone. Okay, so I just pretty much said that, didn't I? God calls us to steward our vote for the sake of his commands, including his commands to do justice, subject ourselves to, to and support the government, seek the welfare of our nation, and love our neighbors as ourselves. So this is why we vote. His second idea was the driving force in how we vote is our supreme love for God and our selfless love for others, both in our nation and throughout the world. So we vote. This is how we vote. We think of Deuteronomy 6, uh, love Adonai your God with all your heart in Philippians 2, verse 3, do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. So what biblical uh, positions on, on issues are clear according to God's word? First, we have to figure that out, right? What biblical positions are on the issues are clear according to God's word. Based on those, form a biblical position. On the less clear issues, they require our thought, our prayer, and wisdom, discernment, right? So, give you an example of clear biblical positions. Do not murder. Do justice by caring for the poor. God created us equal in his image, so there's no place for anti-Semitism or racism. Number four, gender. God clearly made men and women distinct from each other. Five, God clearly defines marriage as monogamous. It's a union between one man, one woman. We should defend and promote marriage according to his definition. Abortion. 
God forms children in their mother's womb. It's wrong to murder what God has formed. Seven, we are to bless Israel. Eight, we're to be good stewards of our finances. Nine, we should be against crime. So things that might be less clear in certain ways are, let's say, taxes, immigration, environment, international policies. So before voting, weigh the issues by two different factors. One is biblical clarity, okay, which we'll talk about, and then practical consequences. So biblical clarity means we can establish a direct line from God's word to the issue. So there's no doubt uh, God is against murder, right? Practical consequences means we must evaluate the potential consequences of the decision, of the political decision. We measure the possible good or harm that might come based on our decisions. The Bible is clear about taking care of the poor, as an example. However, it doesn't tell us how to do that. And so some people say welfare programs, food stamps help those who need money for food, enable those who rely on assistance and not work. And then another viewpoint is to do some of that, but also to not care, not only care for them, but to incentivize them to work. So there's, a, you know, some differences there. Practical consequences are where we find the, the greatest differences between the, the two major political parties. It's not that they disagree on helping the poor. It's they disagree on how to help the poor. Make sense? Okay. So the clarity of Scripture and the practical consequences help you figure out how to deal with trade-offs. So because we probably have a choice between sinful candidates and imperfect parties, you have to figure out which one is better, even if you don't like either one of them. So if a candidate is against abortion yet accepts gender confusion and other, the other candidate is the opposite, then you are left with figuring out which is more of an important issue to you, abortion or gender. Okay? So you end up with competing injustices, but you've got to pick one. To pick neither is to bow out of the process. You're really not doing anything when you say, well, I can't vote for either. No matter how we vote, is it our overriding goal to maintain unity in the body of believers around Yeshua and his word, not around our personal political convictions? Should, you know, should a congregation be all Democratic or all Republican? <laughs> no. But uh, can our, should our congregation be some agreeing in Yeshua and some not? Mm, also not, right? Should our congregation's unity be based on our worship for Yeshua? Of course. When we talk with others about our political beliefs, you might say this to the somebody, I will defend your right to disagree with me. 
And then you might say, will you defend my right to speak my opinion? As I've struggled, prayed, and thought about all of these things, I've come up with my particular feeling is the less government, the better. And that people need to step up. Those are my thoughts. (laughs) Our culture is struggling. Much, I believe, has to do with the breakdown of the family. The government should not be in the business of trying to fix family problems. However, they can develop an environment that encourages others and organizations to solve and fix the problems. So the breakdown of family involves so many issues. I mean, divorce, single moms or single dads, blended families, working moms, physical abuse, often by family or friends, poverty, sexual relation issues like sex before marriage, same-sex physical relationships, gender dissatisfaction and confusion, poor communication, addictions and mental health issues, education, and lack of God in the home, and more. Look at the clarity of Scripture. Look at the practical consequences. So a good example, as we take as an example from the area of education and figure out how we are going to vote. Now, both parties want to educate everybody, and they want to do a good job. So here are some questions to ask so we can look at the practical consequences. Do you think it is biblical for education to be run by the government? Do you think the government should design the curriculum? Do you think that there should be a Christian be Christian schools and charter schools? And last question, should the poor and underserved be given a choice of schools for their children? If you've said no to the first two questions and yes to the last two, there's one party that agrees with you and there's one party that doesn't. So if education is an important you have to then, you know, kind of figure out where education is in terms of your priorities. And then you vote accordingly. The more I'm involved in understanding voting and understand, the more I realize that I'm not voting for people, but I'm voting for the direction that a party wants to go. I, when I was young, I thought it was silly to vote all Republican or all Democratic. But actually, now I think it is the most intelligent thing to do because one party is going one direction and the other party is going the other direction. And you know what? The information about people, I mean, just listen to the latest discussions on the news Uh, about people. This person did this, this person did this, this person's dishonest. I mean, when you, uh, both in the advertisements and just the general reporting, uh, everybody turns out to be awful if you (laughs) listen to all this stuff. So uh, I'm just going for the direction. So 
as an example, Republicans are usually seen as more conservative and believe in equity, which means the making of situations for people fair and impartial. Democrats are usually seen as more liberal and believe more in equality than equity. Equality means making the situations for people equal or the same. So, as an example, if you believe in equality, you believe everyone should have the same results. If you believe in equity, you believe everyone should have the same opportunity. Do you see the difference? Uh, We were made in God's image, but we are all different. God didn't make us all equal, did he? Uh, We don't have the same intelligence. We don't have the same abilities for uh, uh, academics, nor for sports or for art. You ever see me draw something? You will know that's true. Um, And even in our Declaration of Independence, it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's not talking about that we should have the same results. But I leave that for you to figure out. The best way to know each party really is to believe, to see what their belief is. And the way to do that is to go to their platform. Now, since this is not a presidential year, uh, we have to go back to 2020 to see what the platform was for the two parties. And actually, for the Republican Party, we go back to 2016 because of COVID. They did not uh, write a new platform. They just said, just look at 2016. That That's good enough. And uh, so as an example, we can read if education is a key thing for you, then let's read the, the two platforms. Educa- this is the Democrats. Education is fundamental to the idea of America and to fulfilling our nation's promise. It is the key to addressing the challenges before us to growing our economy, maintaining American competitiveness on the world stage, and building a more just, equitable, uh, civically engaged, and socially conscious nation. As Democrats, we believe that education is a critical public good, not a commodity, and that it is the government's responsibility to ensure that every child everywhere is able to receive a world-class education that enables them to lead meaningful lives, no matter their race, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, national origin, religion, disability status, language status, immigration, or citizenship status, household income, or zip code. So, interesting, um, this was written four years ago, but it gives you a glimpse at the very end where it says that the Democrats believe that whether you're a citizen or not, you should get the same uh, opportunity education-wise here. I'll let you be the judge, okay? The Republicans on education. Education is more than schooling. It is the whole range of activities by which families and communities transmit to a younger generation not just knowledge and skills, 
but ethical and behavioral norms and traditions. It is the handling over of a cultural identity. That is why American education has, for the last several decades, been the focus of constant controversy as centralizing forces from outside the family and community have sought to remake education in order to remake America. Okay, so there you have it. Those are the ideas on education from the platforms, Um, you know. Uh, There were good things in both platforms. You have to decide which platform is, uh, first of all, if education is your priority, and then which platform is is more important. We see this true with uh, with the Democrats on abortion. Democrats will always protect sexual and highly high-quality reproductive health care services, including safe and legal abortion. We oppose and will fight to overturn federal and state laws that create barriers to women's reproductive health and rights, including by repealing the Hyde Amendment and protecting and codifying the right to reproductive freedom. So, just so you know, the Hyde Amendment is a legislative provision barring the use of federal funds to pay for abortion, except to save the life of a woman or if the pregnancy arises from incest or rape. And by the way, Planned Parenthood gets around that by saying they won't use federal dollars for abortions, which is somewhat disingenuous. But at any rate, the Republicans on abortion, the Constitution's guarantee that no one can be deprived of life, liberty, or property deliberately echoes the Declaration of Independence's proclamation that all are endowed by their creator with an inalienable right to life. Accordingly, we assert the sanctity of human life and affirm that the unborn child has a fundamental right to life which cannot be infringed. We support a human life amendment to the Constitution and legislation to make clear that the 14th Amendment's protections apply to children before birth. We oppose the use of public funds to perform or promote abortion or to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood so long as they provide or refer for elective abortions or sell fetal body parts rather than provide health care. So there are two examples, education and abortion, where there are clear-cut differences. Now, if you decide to vote, split your ticket, and vote half for one party and half for the other, you, in a sense, are splitting the ticket of philosophy. Because the philosophy, no matter how good the, the people are, will follow the party line. So this is why I suggest to you to vote one way or the other based on what you see and what you feel based on some of the things I've read. I I really have more, but we've run out of time. So let me just say it's it's always a blessing to speak with you. Um, I pray I haven't upset you too often or too much. Um, Again, 
please feel free for any of the things, whether you want to let me know your opinion, you can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or you can call Karen at 813-831-5673. Come visit our services. We have a number of locations. Check our website, Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. We love visitors, so please come and uh, let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you and praise you for the opportunity we get to vote. And we pray that we use that opportunity for your glory. And I pray that you would be the first priority of everybody who is listening to my voice and may they grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of messiah i pray this in the name of yeshua amen you are messiah yeshua mashiach lion of judah the god of israel Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.